Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Eagle Eye Podcast. It is episode 95, and for the first time in, I guess, our history, we're doing an off-camera podcast here. I know what you many are thinking. What? What's going on? Don't worry. We haven't changed our ways. We're just doing this one episode. We're going to see how it goes, uh, but we will be back next week live, but... That does mean that you guys don't see who's with me today, and as always, let me introduce my co-host, Mr. Christian Rosendo. Christian, how's life in New York right now? Good evening, Ivan. New York is okay right now. It's getting cold. It's supposed to snow on Friday. Um, I don't know how, how excited I am for that, but you know, but we're just living here. Just living life out there. Snow, that's exciting, right? Is it? Snow Angel. Snow. I mean, I guess it's November though. Like the beginning of November, usually snows like after Thanksgiving. That's when I'm used to it. At least I'm not ready for the snow this this early. You know, haven't gotten out for those warm winter coats yet. I, I would imagine. No. no. By the way, since we're off cameras, I mean I can say whatever I want. No, that doesn't mean we can oh. go off, off and just start <laughs> okay. saying anything. We're still trying to keep ourselves conducted and composed, but. Uh, Still, it's a it's a nice funny experience because usually you know it's it's a way, it's a bit of a different pressure if you think about it. Is it? Well, I mean, most of the pressure is taken off because it's like True. we're so used to being in front and live, and it's just like you know we can I guess have a little bit more freedom here and there. But you know, it's not the first time we ever do an uh, a pre recorded show that we've put, uh, we've uh, we've done, but it's never been an actual long show. It's always been kind of those quick. Uh, you know, 0.5 episodes or special edition episodes. Those usually don't, you know, last for more, more than 30 minutes. And this one obviously is going to go the full length of an hour. So should be interesting. Should definitely, definitely be interesting. Now, for those of you wondering, where is the cowboy? Well, the cowboy is unfortunately not with us at the moment. We'll see if he jumps on later on. But he is a little bit busy right now, preoccupied, doing uh, a bunch of cowboy stuff. So we'll we'll hopefully see him sometime soon but if not you guys can always catch him on twitter and always message him and be like hey why aren't you on the show put some pressure on there boys put yeah, some pressure on uh on, on the cowboy dan make him feel the heat yeah for real man this full thing he can do whatever he wants now it's insane <laughs> well talking about uh insane we got plenty and plenty to talk about christian we have club america versus santos to break down and talk about what went wrong We'll preview the upcoming Veracruz game as well. And, of course, we have Lady Aguilas news. And, um, unfortunately, we do we will talk about um, the, the passing of, of the feminine player that uh, that, that just uh, happened. And, and we'll, we'll give more updates on, on, on that and everything and how the news broke and uh, all the information that we could possibly have on that subject and and unfortunately it's it's one of those sad topics that you know you never want to talk about but uh you know it's uh it's sometimes part of the game and uh you know we we uh we we our prayer and 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 sympathy and empathy all go out to Diana's uh family right now and and the team as well so we'll talk to we'll talk about them and we'll talk about uh, their journey now in the league that's soon to come for them as well so Plenty and plenty to talk about, Christian. No, yeah, no, I'm I'm excited, and also, you know, like you said, it's just very unfortunate events that happened over the weekend that kind of, kind of tainted, you know, the, the joy that that this team was starting to starting to build, and um, like you said, it's a part of the game, and you know, I think it's only right if we uh if we give them a little bit more time to talk about what what uh what transpired over over the weekend. Definitely, definitely. Alrighty then. Well, let's just jump right into it. Let's let's go and let's talk about uh, America versus Santos, a game that we spoke about with our special guest Eugene on last week, and uh, we were all very hopeful that America was able to get a result in this one. Well, at least you and I were, and uh, Eugene and Dylan predicted a draw, but it looks like we all were wrong at the end of the day. Santos walks away with three points. Ninety minutes go by. You see that America drops three points at home. What are your thoughts on all of this? <sighs> well, I don't want to say I told you guys so, but I told you guys so about certain players on on this team and how being lined up in a certain way would give us a disadvantage. And while we did play well, in my opinion, the first half, you know, second half was a disaster. I just didn't think we got anything going on the offensive side. It was it was a mess. Um, you know. 
our inability to to close out a game once again bites us in the in the behind. And if that's going to be the whole story, you know, that's been the whole story throughout the whole season, and this continues. You know, there's no way we're going to end up uh, being being champions at the end of the season. So, you know, disappointed obviously because of the loss, but even more disappointed because we just can't seem to learn from our past mistakes. And you know, this is around the time where you know, one time, okay, I'll let it slide. Two times, all right, you know, you're pushing a little bit, but whatever, I have trust in you. You'll get through it. You know, three, four times now, and you know, you're you're starting to ask questions of like who. Who really is at fault here? Is it the players or is it the coach? Yeah, it's the same narrative that we've been talking about this whole season. Is that America just does not know how to keep the lead? It just they don't know how to cons- uh, how to conserve the game to their advantage or even manage it to their advantage. You know, they were up one nil going into the first half, and and you you said it yourself. The team looked well. The team looked very you know disciplined at times i mean i felt that the goal that we got was a very good team effort goal um i i just i feel like i feel like the team was going in the right direction who knows what happens in the second half that completely changes the dynamic uh of this team and you see countless mistakes you see countless uh idiotic mistakes from some of these players i mean the penalty that was given away uh it's, mm-hmm. it's just you know the the goal that you concede and you know, you, you'll, you'll go into more detail about it, too. But it's just and, and and these goals come in a quick, quick span of time. It's not like it's just, yeah, they, no. they prolong themselves. It's a quick uh, t- uh, span of minutes. And, and you see yourself not just level again, but behind on the scoreline. Yeah, no, it, like you said, it'll happen very quickly. But, you know, I think before we jump into the Santos goal, I think we have to give merits to our goal, actually. And what we did do correct. There's very few things we did correct, but this was one of it. Um, the just the hustle after after a shot was was saved by the keeper. You see Henry literally from the semicircle run towards the ball, hustling, passes it to Roger. Roger then lays it off for Ibargo, and Ibargo with the great finish. Um, he had a couple of chances prior to this one, and he got a little bit unlucky. But you know, it's nice to see him get rewarded with that goal for his effort because he he did play well this game. I'm not gonna lie, uh, he did do well. One of the players that's been heavily criticized this whole season, but in this game and in that particular play, you know, he finished correctly, and we saw ourselves up one 0 yeah, no, no credit to you about it. And it's always the thing that we've mentioned about him, the Colombian winger, is that on his day, he's probably one of the best, if not the best, you know? And mm-hmm. it's just, unfortunately, it's when he wants to. It's not that he can be consistent. And I think, Correct. like we mentioned at the beginning of the season, the word that we were looking for was consistency throughout the whole team. Um, mm-hmm. And that's the one thing we haven't had from if you think about it from this whole season it's been a very inconsistent season not just in the results not in the not just in the way we've been playing but in the squad and everything that surrounded this team you you never you didn't know who's going to stay who's going to go for a long period of time um right. you never knew who was going to come in also so it was mm-hmm. it was very inconsistency it was a lot of inconsistency yep. from america not just from the team or from the play but all the way to the back staff room i, I I think maybe that's been one one of the narratives we can take away from this season. And hopefully we can still say at the end of all of this that America was able to find themselves in, in a position where they were able to carry themselves to a final. Because I think at the end of the day, you still have to look at this squad and what they're capable of. And you mm-hmm. would imagine getting into the final is not that far of a stretch. Unfortunately, right. it does seem like that right now because of the way we're playing. Because we know how important momentum is. But, you know, we'll have to wait yeah. and see. Uh, but you're right. It uh, Ibarwen did well in, in, in the game. He did fantastic uh, finishing in that goal. And like a, you know, you mentioned the hustle from Henry was was great. Uh, Roger, because we know how Roger can be and his selfish sometimes, um, does well enough to see that there's a better opening for Ibarwen to take the shot mm-hmm. as well. So, um, so you said credit to credit to the team for, for having a very good good goal in that aspect. Um, but then. You know what can you what can you applaud after that? Yeah, no, there's very very few things to applaud after that. Um, uh, for the most part, I think, I think the the defense was okay in the first half. Obviously, it dismantles in the second half, but you know, I I started to get that feeling again that okay, maybe this defense finally learned how to play just a little bit better now that you know they've had more chemistry, more time with Ochoa to kind of see how he likes his defense being run a little bit. You know, it was great, but you know, then then that that goal happens, that Diego Valdez goal by Santos, and you know, 
I Bruno Valdez gets beaten again in a header, and um, you know it's just it's just what you know that it's been a kind of a, a frequent thing happening now that he's getting beaten, which is this never really happens, you know. Yeah, it it just again the defense is at uh, you know at the center of 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 it all. You know, from like you mentioned, Bruno to Tony Lopez, um, to Emma Aguilera, always having some kind of mistake to to kind of be called out, and it's just, what do you do in this situation, right? Yeah, you, you you're not left with much. Are you really gonna risk it all and, and and try to put a new center back partnership at the end of the season? I mean, now it's too late. You know, we we preached at the middle, uh, the kind of like the beginning, middle of the season, where you know a change was, you know, okay. And then if it didn't work out, we still had you know something to, to lay back on. But now we don't. You know, like you said, we just can't insert you know a Carlos Vargas at a center back or a Jared Ortega at center back because if it does fail, then now we're screwed. Now we're really screwed because now you know there's important games on the line. And, you know, just one mistake here and then your season's over. So I, I would agree with you. Now is a little bit too late to test anything new. But, I mean, you never know, you know? I mean, we'll see. We'll see what Piojo does uh, at the Liguilla. Um Because I, I think, no doubt about it, we're going to make it into the Liga. That's that's for sure. That's a given. I think I think our win uh, against Juarez kind of, not, not Juarez, excuse me, against San Luis kind of uh, secured that. In a sense, um, but it's the insecurity. Yeah, yeah. It, it it's in. You know, question is: Are we going to get points against Veracruz? Because that you know, it's it's a far stretch to say that we're not. But I mean, it's a possibility with this team. It is a possibility with other with with last year's team. No, of course you're always going to get those three points. But you know, I'm looking at this game against Veracruz. It's away. At uh, they're not playing that bad, honestly. They're not. They they found themselves some rhythm. Right. So no, I mean, they... and we'll talk more about it a little bit right now once we get to the Veracruz game. But it's just, <laughs> it's unfortunate, right? It's unfortunate that the, yes, that the team isn't able to to find that rhythm and momentum, like we mentioned in the last podcast, which is so important right. to carry you forward into the league. Yeah. So I mean, Sant- give credit Santos to give credit to Santos. Excuse me. Uh, I think they planted themselves way better in the second half. Yes, hundred percent. You know they they. You know. They came out with a with a better idea on how to come at us, and it, it, paid, it paid dividends to them. It really mm-hmm. did. Correct, and you know I just want to bring up a point. I think I think it was you and Eugene that mentioned it, but you know the midfield was going to be uh, an important aspect to this game. And you know when I said that Cordova should not be playing alongside Guido because that's just not a position that suits him. That's not his strong suit. It really, really showed in that match because in the second half, Santos midfield just basically took over that whole game. Um, they were, they were, they were the ones creating better opportunities for their, uh, you know, offensive players going forward. They were the ones intercepting the ball just a little bit better than us, and you know, just in in swings like that, it could really favor a team. And look what happened in four minutes. It, it only took them four minutes to to get the lead on us. Um, and it, it was through great plays, great composure, and you know, exposing our weaknesses with which was you said, you know, Tony Lopez on that on that left back position. I you know talk about the the second Santos going now. Um, you know, Castillo just ha- kind of had a field day with him. Um, and you know, there was this one play where he just gets beaten completely. You know, he doesn't know he doesn't have anything else to do but kind of slide tackle. It was very risky and unfortunately didn't go his way. Um, a player that we didn't think was doing it that bad in in this position uh, for Jorge Sanchez, but clearly in this game when you play better better opposition than what we have been playing, you're gonna get exposed, and that's what happened. You know, he committed the penalty, and you know, Lozano just buries it, and you know, it's two on Santos. Yeah, and it's a good penalty by the way. Um, it's oh, it was a great penalty. It's not yeah, an penalty. easy penalty to be saved by by the goalkeeper in any aspect. It's going hard. It's going up. Um. And you and the way the and the way Ochoa dies is so he can get nice and low because usually you know penalties are taken in that sense you know they're they're hard they're driven and they're low but um yeah um like you mentioned I I think you put it perfectly uh eventually you were gonna get exposed and in in against a better opposition like Santos who are the league leaders uh and you know you had a team like what Puebla and and at San Luis to go up against mm-hmm. yeah that that exactly. was going to be viable to get away with that 
Um, but I think you needed someone better, someone a little bit more uh, natural to that position. And, of course, Lopez got exposed to that, you know. Yeah. Even though he's been playing there for quite some time for Piojo. But, um, you know, I, I, I don't think he's he's definitely the left back that America needs for the future. Um, right. So, I mean, the only the only good thing you could say about it is that Jorge Sanchez will be back for this next game. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but, again, it's going to be against Veracruz. I mean, I, I, you could put Tony Lopez there and maybe he would be fine in that game as well. Right, yeah. But, I mean, I guess it's all up to I guess Biojo to kind of see where he what he wants to do. Give Jorge that extra rest because, um, you know, you you rest him this week and then we have three more weeks until we start the Guia. So that's literally four weeks of rest for Jorge Sanchez. You know, does he really need that much? Maybe he does. So I guess it's all up to Biojo. It's gonna be a very interesting, very very interesting thing to to see. Um, but yeah, I mean, what. Well, I mean, the response from the team. Do you think it was the right response? I I do feel like the team went a little bit more forward. As obviously as 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 the minutes when when passing by, I think they that set an urge to go out forward and not lose his game. Um, right. You saw it, but it was a bit desperate play sometimes from the team. Um, I didn't see them kind of being composed in the way that they were attacking. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, you just look at the last seven minutes of the match, and it was just you know it's chucking the ball forward, it's playing long ball United sometimes, it's kind of th- chucking that hail mary, which I mean almost works for you at the end of the match, like literally the last minute of the match, Bruno Valdez gets a header that he just misses, and you think that Bruno nine times out of ten puts that in the back of the net, and yeah. this one time was the one time for him to miss. Um, I think literally everyone in their in their mom really just jumped. Because they thought that ball went in, and I was just like, "Wow, really? That's how we're gonna that's how we're gonna end this game." It was it was incredible. But I'm sorry to backtrack a little bit, but I do really want to put out a key point right here, um, stating Sebastian Cordova. A play prior to their first goal, Cordova made a great dribble, and he he pulled in a defender coming in from the middle that was supposed to be covering kind of Renato Ibarra because their left back was pushed up way too much. So you saw you saw Renato Ibarra just streaking down that right side, and if Cordova would have just picked his head up and passed it to Renato, I have no doubt that Renato would have buried that. But instead, the pass gets intercepted, and then that's how the then that's how the play starts for their goal. Literally one play, one pass, and this could have been two nothing. But instead, in four minutes, it became two one. You know, just little things like that from a young player need to be improved on. But you know, like I said, his. His offensive capabilities are are shown much better when he's in that campus instead, instead of a CDM because he he didn't get many of those opportunities and part of the main reason is because he plays so far back. But when he's played more a little bit more up, then that's where you really get the best Cordova. And you know, probably eight, seven, eight out of ten times he probably makes that pass. But you know, I guess he just wasn't he just wasn't in that rhythm or in that flow during that game. So maybe that kind of contributes to the reason. But you know, it's just it's just really really sad to see that. Just a pass, a pass literally broke the game for you, and you know it's it's just it's just tough to watch. Yeah, no, yeah, definitely. I mean, and that's that really is backtracking all the way to to when we lose the ball, and then, like you mentioned, four minutes later, you're looking at the scoreboard, and it's two one. Um, and it's these things where we said you you have to know how to manage these games. You know how to, mm-hmm. you have to know how to uh, how to take these opportunities because, you know. Like you mentioned, you make that pass, you go up to nil. That's a whole different story. It's a whole different game. It's a whole different exactly. outcome. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I think the team needs to realize that whether they have, whether they haven't this season, it'd be worrying to me if they haven't. Um, right. But I, you know, I, I think in, and this is the sad thing about it, is when you look more at this team, it's that you feel like this team has undergone a kind of uh, uh, a restructure of. of of everything, you know, from the goalkeeper all the way to the front line. Uh, mm-hmm. You've had injuries. You've had rotations in the defense. You've had people leave in the midfield and having to supplement them with players that aren't yet to that level that the players that had left, you know. And, and it's kind of a rebuilding process for this team, which sucks because it, you usually do that rebuilding in the preseason, in the off season, and you don't have that right now. So what you have right now is... You have to fix it as you go along, and it needs to be done right away. And sometimes that isn't the best answer. That isn't the best way to go about it. But America has no other choice but to do it. Um, Correct. And you know, and it's not to say that we're in such bad position because, like, I think we were speaking about it off camera. If we win the game against Veracruz, that means we end up in what thirty-one points. 
we ended up at 31 points, which is, you know, it's it's a pretty good season, you know, you know. I think I think Piojo has kept us over 30 points in the past couple of years. Yes, I think he's only had one year where it was 29. Exactly. So I mean, yeah. it's, it's an average of a pretty it's a pretty good average number to have Correct. to be in the 30s. Obviously, you want to be in the higher 30s, but oh, of course, but you know, if 31 it, is 31, then whatever. And it's been something that's been spoke about in this, uh, not not just with us, but I think the whole Linga Mekis English community has said it. It's that this season has been so weird because it's been so tight at the top. It's just, mm-hmm. it's anyone's game still to think about Literally. it. Like first place isn't secured, you know, by no, not by 100%. a long shot, you know, and and mm-hmm. you know, it's gonna be interesting to see how this all plays out. But um, we'll talk about. America's mathematical uh, opportunities. We'll talk about where they can finish. We'll talk about uh, you know everything that needs to be spoken in regards to the postseason for them. Um, but go- going back to the Santos game, uh, you know, you had Cordoba make that mistake. You had that that pass that completely changes the game's face and you know ultimately gives Santos the opportunity to go and score. You, we mentioned about Bruno. We mentioned about Tony. We, we, you know, Emma. Obviously, is is there anyone else who you thought was short in this game that should have gave us more? <laughs> you know, I can always make make a make a statement for Renato Ibarra to to give us more. And I, like I said, just this season, you know, he's had a few moments of brilliance, and I'm not going to hold that against him. But I just feel like you know the player that Renato Ibarra once was isn't here this season, if that makes sense to you. And then I hope you agree with me because we used to look at Arante Ibarra kind of as like key star player who would just take on any defense, who it doesn't matter who you were. He would just go at you. I understand he's being, he's being double teamed a lot, but when he has a chance to go one-on-one, on one, he's not taking them either way. You know, he he's kind of looking for that short way out, that kind of short pass to just, to just not have the ball. I, I don't know if it's just he's lacking confidence or he's just not, you know, I don't know what it is, but just a weird Renato Ibarra. I think if he would have had a little bit more of impact, we probably could have had a little bit more offensive creativity going forward and probably have better chances. The one thing I will say about Renato, even though I do agree he hasn't been as stellar as before, um, is I think that he's realized, and I think other teams have realized how to play against him. Is you always focus on, on Renato himself, you'll notice that he gets pressed by two, sometimes even three players. Correct. Which is which cut you know what they're trying to do is they're trying to suffocate him. They're trying to cut the space that he can have the ball in. You're always going to try to find him down the line. So what other teams will do is they'll try to go and press him and keep him in a short, tight space. Which means mm-hmm. that Atibara can only do one of two things: one, risk the ball, risk the play, and try to take the players on; or two, play short, move, and try to open yourself up to space. I think that's why Correct. we haven't seen the best right. of Renato. No, no, I completely understand that. And, you know, obviously I'm not going to be here and be delusional and say, oh, yeah, go and take on the three guys because you're not the You can. You At one time you could. You know, I'm not saying that because I know that that's, you know, nine out of ten times you're going to lose that ball. What I'm saying is that, you know, when Ratibara gets these chances, these one-on-one chances that, you know, we've seen Ratibara go one-on-one with defenders and we almost see eight out of ten times he beats them just mm-hmm. mainly because of his speed and his, and his fabulous touch. But, you know, recently I just haven't seen that. And in this game in particular, I think there was one or two times where I think he just took on one defender and he saw Henry streaking and I think Henry would have had a tapping goal, which is, you know, it's great for us. So it just adds another element to our attack that teams have to worry about, you know, to add on to Roger Roger Martinez's uh, dribbling skills and Andres Ibargun's creativity as well. You know, just anything that Ante Ibargun can add more on the offensive creativity side is always a big plus for us. And I think once he kind of gets back into that confidence and in that form, which I really hope he does. I think America's gonna be a scarier team going forward because now you have literally creativity from all three all three sectors of your attack, and if the, if you're gonna you're gonna toy with the defense because now you don't know what, what what they're gonna do because everything's just so goddamn creativity. Yeah, yeah, and I mean that's what you'd expect. That's what you want. But we're talking about one game left in the season, right? And to find that spark, and that's the that's problem. gonna that's be difficult. Problem. Well, I will yeah. say this though, you know. <clears throat> I know, I know. This is kind of a hard, hard comparison, but in the year where America was champions, when they beat Cruz Azul in the final that year, we played a Toluca team, kind of in like, kind of like the the twelfth, thirteenth uh, jornada. Uh, I know there's a couple games out, obviously after that, and only one game after here, but you know we lost that game two to one in a game where you know 
it was kind of kind of almost exactly like this game. We started out winning in the first half, and we felt really good about ourselves. But then to look at us, just how somehow came back and beat and beat us two one. And then I think me, you, and Dylan were like, "Man, we really want the Luca in that in the playoffs because we really think we could beat them. We think we could take them. I think that game was just a fluke, and we were just had an off day. Mm-hmm. This is what this game feels like, honestly. I honestly think we could have beaten Santos. Giving you know any other day, I really think we could have beaten Santos. And if we playing in the playoffs, I almost guarantee you, I think we can take them in the two game in the two legged series. But, you know, my point to that is, after that Toluca game, you know, we kind of just saw a little bit of sparks from each individual just growing and growing and growing. And that maybe obviously led us to have that kind of, that kind of push to go to the final. Now, like you said, this is a completely different scenario because we only have one game. But that one game is Veracruz, and this is a team you can kind of beat up on if, you know, you have a good night, which I think we need to have a good night. Yeah, we need to, we need to have a good Friday night. Um and, and I think it goes back to what uh, what Dylan was saying to us off off camera too when we spoke about this was that he kept saying, you know, to us, this game felt weird, right? This game was weird, and I think and and I think maybe that's what he alluded to, what you said too, you know, something that we can call back to last season in the Toluca game. Um, but you're right. We'll see. We'll have to wait and see. But obviously, America loses against Santos. We drop points. We uh we don't look good at home. Again, the same narrative. We don't know how to keep a lead. We don't know how to take our chances. And uh, we just don't know how to defend. It's plain and simple. And, uh, it, I mean, can we even fix it by this point now? You know, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, but, we, you know, fingers crossed that we can find something. Um, last thing that we want to touch upon, and uh, it'll probably spill over to the next game as well, but... What did you think about Piojos and his sent off? Because that he's he just came back from a three match ban and he finds himself again on the red card sheet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, this is a a topic I think we um we're all we're all tired of. I think in in respects to to the fans and everyone that's just you know on Piojos side, um we're we're tired of him you know not being able to control his emotions. And to kind of just go off on on the Santos coach like that when your team is down, knowing that you know we need you to start gelling this team and start really having a set eleven, and you and you're not gonna be there on Friday again. It you know it's just I don't know it it's it's kind of giving me those flashbacks to the OPO who, who can't control himself and getting himself into trouble every single weekend, and it's just not good. You know it's not good for us because we we don't really you know we're gonna have to sit through through Galindo's. Uh, management on Friday and and not his. Um, it's 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 just not it's, he's not again in a good state right now, and I I can understand the fans and the you know their their kind of frustration towards him. Um, you know there's a reason why a meeting was held uh, with with him and the board, kind of tell him listen you you need a you, you need to just you know clean up your act and and get going because you know we're we're not looking as well as we should, and you know we need to become we need to be in the finalists here or you know. This could be the end for him. Yeah, a lot of rumors and speculations on whether or not he will continue as manager. Um, I don't, I don't know if it'd be the right call to make. I th- yeah, he has been a bit on the indisciplinary side of things, but I think this whole year has been off for not just him, but for the team in general. I mean, you look at Guido. How many cards that he's picked up um, in 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 this in the season when in others we were praising him for how well he had cleaned up his act. Um, you look at how many countless red cards we've gotten in this in this season because of you know idiotic mistakes that weren't there last season, you know, like the mm-hmm. Bruno Valdez's red cards and all that stuff that's kind of plagued the team. It's just, it's it it's been an off year all around, not just for for Piojo but for the players as well. And I mean, I I, I really don't know what the answer is at this point. Yeah, no, I don't know, um, but. What I what I will say is, um, you know, I, I understand that this hasn't been the, the the greatest of seasons due to you know players leaving, the injuries and all that stuff. I understand, and you know, you have to deal what you know what you're given, obviously, right? And whilst I don't think he did a bad job doing it, I just think that you know now he has the squad that he wants, at least you know ninety five percent of it. You know, giving you know he didn't get a few players in the off season, but it's a ninety five percent squad of what you want. And for you to not be there the majority of the time, like it's just, it's just so irresponsible, so immature. And you know he needs to grow up and you know to stop getting into these foolish arguments with other coaches. 
just because you know they have a different view on on a play or something because that's just ridiculous in my opinion. It's understandable. I don't think I I don't know. I I I feel like the red card was a bit too much, but I mean the referee has every right to do so. I mean uh, maybe he should have given yellows to both managers to calm down the situation. Probably. Well, maybe something was said though that the fourth official heard and yeah 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 I mean you know, just certain, that's certain like things just point. trigger a red yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah 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 that's why at that point I was like you know I don't know it, it, yeah. it, it would be hard to tell from our our perspective we're not there down at the field so we can't hear it but um mm-hmm. no you're right and and Piojo will be a continuous topic I think for the rest of this season um, oh listen I'm telling you right now if if America just doesn't become champion then you know that's a lot of people are gonna be wanting him out. You know, players wanted him out since since the since the Cruz Azul lost. You know, players wanted him out since the Atlas lost, and you know, it, the fire just has been fueling there a little, just little by little, little little more wood has just been adding to that fire. And you know, soon enough, it's gonna be a big one where you know the board's gonna have to react whether he stays for the Clausura or we we go out and get someone else. I just want to put some clarification when Christian said players, he meant to say fans. Oh, fans, yeah. Oh, I said players? My bad, yes. my bad. <laughs> <laughs> you're you over here making people think that the that the locker room's gone against him, that they're ready I'm to sorry. throw him out. I'm sorry, yeah, the fans, the fans. Um, So we'll see, we'll see. Um, It will be interesting to see how he reacts and how he composes himself during the league year. That will say a lot. And we'll see, we'll see. But uh, yeah, America drops points, and again, it was we had mentioned it was six vital points for America because we have a bye week. Because everything that's gonna happen within these next couple of weeks, it was so crucial for America to get those three points. They've let themselves down, they let the fans down, and now it might just look like we're finishing in fifth place. Yeah, you know, I this is a thing I've been saying kind of every weekend about about our position on the table, how. You know, we're going to only have this one game on Friday, and after that, all the teams are going to be playing. We're going to be locked in points, and we're going to keep dropping down on the table. So now we do win. We get 30, sorry, excuse me. We got 31 points. Now it's all dependent on Nicaxa Queretaro to either drop points or tie. Now, if they either drop points or tie, then we end the week being second place, no matter what Santos does. Now... After that, you know, we, we, we have a break. It's our it's our week to have a break. And now Necaxa, Querétaro, Tigres, León, and Morelia all have games. Now, if any of them win, then we just keep dropping down the points now. And, you know, I looking at everyone's remaining schedule, I think fifth or sixth looks like a very, very probable place for America to end up this season. That is... That's bad. That's, it's, <laughs> that's, that's it's very bad. bad. That's bad. It, it just shows you how bad we needed this win, just so you know we would end up at least, at least, no matter what happens, at least we would have ended up at least fourth, and we would have a home field advantage for the first for the first playoff match. But it's looking well, like we're going to be on the road. Looks like we're going to be on the road. Well, I mean, America done goofed, and now we're going to have to wait and see what happens. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, that is the case. That is the case of America, and we'll have to see what happens on Friday because. We can't even sit here and guarantee that we're going to walk away with three points in uh, in, in Veracruz. So, so, you know, we'll talk a little bit more about that game, but we're going to shift the tensions. We're going to shift, and uh, we're going to put more of a serious face and serious tone on everything um, because we are going to be talking Lady Aguilas and all things the ladies have endured because it has been um, one crazy, uh, crazy, crazy weekend. Uh, not in the good sense at all. It, it's been... Um, it's been it's been a very heartfelt week for our ladies and um, and for everyone really in the Liga Mekis uh, feminine community. Um, we're talking about you know the English and the Spanish one. Uh, unfortunately, you know news broke on Friday night that uh, Diana Gonzalez uh, had passed away. Um, they didn't really give much uh, specific uh, specifics on what happened. It's just a health complication. Uh, and it was um, it was a very uh, it was a very sad moment. It it, it was very um, I mean I, I guess I can't really find words to it, but uh, I do know that uh, our cowboy was up to date with this, and you know I wish he was on the pod to be able to break it down for us. But uh, he messaged me on on Friday night. He he said that you know uh, that uh, the passing of Diana Gonzalez was uh, was made official, and uh, you know that that she had just. You know that she was gone, and it's a sad and unfortunate thing. And like we said, our condolences 
to her and her family and to the team and, and to everyone in the community that supported her and stood by her. Um, you know, she's so young. Um, what was she, 27? 26, 26, 26 years old. Um, you know, that's 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 ridiculously young. And for someone who had such a f- bright future ahead of herself, um, it is it is a sad, sad thing um, that, you know, this, this team has to endure. And it's unfortunate. And, you know, the team had to go out Monday night to go and play against Cruz Azul in the Clásico Joven of the Liga of Mekis Femenil. And, uh, mm-hmm. It was a nice, touching, endearment moment when uh, when they scored that goal and paid tribute to her. You could see mm-hmm. that the you know the ladies crying and how much it meant to her, how much it meant to them to be able to score and and dedicate that to to her. And um, you know she will be missed. She will definitely, definitely be missed. Someone who was very important in uh, in the final against Tigres, scoring mm-hmm. a, a great goal um, to keep them in, in the game. Mm-hmm. And um, and it's unfortunate, really unfortunate, and you know it's it's sad sad truth about life too. But uh, you know sometimes we think that sports, uh, you know, is is a way for us to kind of take take a step out of life and into the sports world. And we think that you know we're all uh, untouchable and invincible, but the reality is that no one really is. So, and you know all we could do now is pray and hope for for her friends and her family and. Yeah. Uh, she will be missed, and she will always be remembered and loved, and she will always be ingrained in the history of 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 America, and in mm-hmm. in the most important part as well, as yeah. one of the one of the few players to 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 lift that first ever trophy. So, and uh, like we mentioned, it's 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 a sad, and and everyone here from the Eagle Eye Podcast will sends their condolences down over to Mexico and to to her family across, um, and so. You know, we, we we wish the team the best of luck, and and you know it's it's gonna be a difficult season for them now because um, if it wasn't hard enough for them, you know, trying to get themselves together before the playoffs, uh, you know, imagine how this is gonna feel and how much this is gonna impact for them. No, hundred percent. You know, it's it's crazy because I I woke up on that night, I started texting you guys. I said, guys, listen, the Hankins all just passed away. You know, and. I go, I go to, I go to our Twitter account. And I see that you know stuff has been posted. Cause I thought when I woke up, I thought it happened at that moment, but no, it happened in the in the middle of the night while while I was sleeping. And um, it's just it's just insane that you know a player of that they're so young as well. Like like you mentioned, just you know due to health complications, it's I'm I'm all lost for words. And it was a nice touch by the whole community, even on the on the on the men's side to. To honor her with the men of the sounds in every single in every single match this weekend, so I think that was just a great touch by by the FF uh, by the by the Liga uh, Liga Mekis, uh to to do that. And like you said, she was she was a fundamental piece, honestly, to to this team back then and now. So 100% she'll be dearly missed. And like you just mentioned, the season just gets a whole lot harder now. Um, but I think I think the girls have it in them to to uh, to just you know overcome this and just keep pushing forward because that's what Diana would want and I think they know that um, like you said it's going to be a very very stressful and, and emotional you know weeks remaining in the season but you know if anyone can do it I think it's this team showing us time and time again their resilience and you know their fortitude when, when facing you know stuff like this um, not necessarily you know passing of a teammate but you know just and everything's just all against them you just find a way to pull through, and I think there's going to be no different. Um, but like you said, you know, just condolences to everyone in her family, and you know, I just really hope this team just finds a way to, to kind of, just piece something together and and make her proud. No, yeah, definitely, definitely, and I think they, uh, I think some of the ladies said it best themselves. It's like you know, the rest of the season is going to be for you, and uh, and and paying tribute to to whatever they do at the end, all for her, and um, you know. I don't want this to come off the wrong way, but I hope this is a, a boost of incentive for some, for these ladies. You know, no, no, uh, I, I'm I not. I'm not. I'm not saying that this this has to happen for them to get get the, get everything together. But I just, um, you know, you could definitely see this being as an impact for them to go and push forward and and, and definitely uh, do her proud. Uh, you know, the ladies are going to come up against Juarez in their last game before the before the season wraps up for them. So. They can only secure the position that they're in right now, which is fourth place. Uh, there's there's no way that they can secure third, 
Um, that's gone. Pachuca secured that with 36 points. America sits on 29. Uh, so if they win, they automatically secure fourth place. Atlas winning only gets to 31. So uh, think about it. If America, if the ladies win, they, <laughs> they get more points than the men. Right. But it's, it's funny, though, because they kind of end up in the same positions that we are. So, yeah, you know, it's, it, it's, it's very funny how, how our seasons just kind of parallel each other. Because the year we were champions, you know, they were champions as well. So it kind of everything just falls a line. Uh, it's it's a little a little bit strange, a little bit awkward. But if that's how season's gonna end, that's how it's gonna end. So it should be a it should be an interesting close to the season. Um, but like I said, I think whoever they play in the Gia, which they will be in the Gia, um, yeah. I think it's gonna be very interesting who they play and 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 how how they really uh, take on that that challenge. Yeah, definitely. I mean, nothing nothing is 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 set in stone. Here in in Liga Mekis Feminine because there is still, uh, gosh, Monarcas is still in the race to to get themselves in. So, I mean, it's gonna be interesting. It definitely will be interesting to see. But if the all the ladies need to do is win and they secure themselves a fourth place, and after that, I mean, you could see, we, they could even get Chivas. Exactly. You know, they would get they, a classical national get, in the first round. Yeah, so I mean it's 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 all over the place right now with, with, with oh, where 100%. they could end. Just like in the men's side <laughs> of things. Uh but we do wish uh the ladies the best of luck against Juarez. We do wish them the best of luck uh in the in the postseason. We'll keep you guys up to date with all things Lady Aguilas. Um it was uh, like we mentioned, a very fortunate an un- unfortunate event that happened uh, with Diana and her passing. Uh but we do hope that the team is able to lift themselves up from the ground and carry on and fight in honor of her name and uh, and her memory as well. So, uh, you know, best of luck to the ladies who will have the game against Juarez. I uh, believe that game is going to be, yes, that game is going to be on Friday. And uh, funny enough, the men's game is on uh, on Friday as well. So as well, yeah. uh, make sure you guys tweet out hashtag Let's Go Lady Aguilas and uh, also uh, keep in mind that the men's are playing the same game uh, roughly around the same time. Ladies are going to be playing 6 p.m. Pacific time, 8 p.m. Central, 9 p.m. Eastern, and then the men's are going to be playing at 7 p.m. So that should be interesting. We'll kind of keep you guys up to date. We'll go in a little bit back and forth. Uh, so uh, keep an eye out on that on all. all our social media platforms, but uh, best of luck to the ladies, and uh, we wish you the best. And again, condolences to uh, to her family of uh, of Diana. So, 100%. well, uh, we'll move on, and we'll move on to our last segment of the podcast, which is the biggest match of America this season, because it determines not only the points, but where you could finish in the league table and how you come into the playoffs as well in the Liguilla. Mm-hmm. Um it's America versus Veracruz. It's away at Veracruz. It, it, mind you, a stadium that's never been the best or the kindest to America in the past years. I mean and and America's not coming into this one in the best run of form either. God, this is not looking good for us. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I think we need to tone it down just a little bit. Um, I mean, while Veracruz was America... draw against Monterrey, we we'll just put that out there. Right? Okay. Okay. Well, they haven't lost in their last three games. Let's just put it that way. They're they're technically in a better form than us. Hold on. It's ridiculous that uh, Veracruz are, uh, are 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 coming into this one with uh, with a better kind of form record. And uh, it should be interesting to see what happens, though. should definitely, definitely be interesting to see what happens in this match. But this game is going to be live on Friday. So it's going to be those Friday night football matches that everyone loves in the Liga MX. Uh, it's going to be at uh, El Estadio Pirata Fuentes, like we mentioned. And it's going to be, hopefully, a very exciting and a very eventful game. So... That match is going to be live, and it's going to be through Tudene. It's going to be at 7 p.m. Pacific time, uh, 9 p.m. East, uh, sorry, Central, and 10 o'clock Eastern. And uh, we're all kind of, I guess, looking forward to a good, good match from America because, like we mentioned, this team needs to finish off on a strong, strong note so that they can come into the playoffs with some momentum. And, well, I mean... What more could we say about this game, Christian? 
Um, listen, I think this game needs to be a game where America just kind of steps all over Veracruz. Will that happen? Probably not. Um, just given the the run of form that America has, has had, and you know, due to Veracruz actually not playing that bad as we all anticipate they're gonna play. Um, but you know, I completely agree with you. I think this game just needs to be a game of confidence. Uh, kind of just work out all those little tweaks that we've that we've had throughout the season. And I think I honestly think and I honestly hope that Bioho puts out an eleven that's gonna be the the eleven for the for the Ligia because if you just keep mixing matching you know stuff like that we're never going to build any chemistry and we're never going to get anywhere <coughs> so excuse me so i really do think this game needs to needs to serve as a as a confidence and kind of a tweak a tweak um a booster and in, in a sense definitely 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 all righty well let's 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 talk specifics in regards to this matchup and when we always start off christian you mentioned it just right now that starting 11 that also oh crucial starting 11 what is it going to be for Piojo? Well, I'm going to have Ochoa in net. Uh, with the usual back four, the return of Jorge Sanchez as left back, our two center back pairings, Emanuel Guerra, Bruno Valdez, and our right back, Paul Aguilar. In that CDM position, I really, really want to see Guido Rodriguez and Richard Sanchez play. I think that that's probably the best uh, CDM duo that we have. Richard Sanchez really does give you that defensive duties while sometimes actually going forward, but he knows his limits, though. He's not going to be like a Cordova who just kind of solely focuses on on the offensive prowess. I think, you know, Richard's more defensive-based, but with offensive capabilities, so I think that makes him a little bit better for that position. Um, your your next line of three would be Roger Martinez on one wing, Durante um, Ibarra on the other wing, and for me, it should be um, Andres Ibarguen in the camp position. I would have seen Nico Benedetti, but I think he's been a little bit out of form. Uh, but so I will give it to Ibarguen and then up top, Henry Martin. Interesting, interesting to put Ibarguen in the camera, which, by the way, he does really, really enjoy playing in that camera, Ibarguen. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, he kind of likes that free role. And, you know, I think I think he does do well when he does play in that role. Interesting. Very, very interesting. Henry, of course, still continues to be that striker. That uh, yes. is giving us the most and the best. Uh, I think if we can give him a couple more goals in this matchup, I think he will be a force to be reckoned in the Liga. Um, so, like you mentioned, this game is this game could prove vital to a lot of players for their confidence. Uh, even though it might just be Veracruz, but uh, you know, sometimes you walk away from a match and say, "I had a good game, regardless of the opponent," and you just continue to work from there. You know, it's a stepping right. stone and. Mm-hmm. Veracruz might just be that stepping stone for America to launch themselves forward to ultimately win a championship. And that may be the case right. in this situation. You never know. But exactly, I think America needs to come into this game with um, uh, all seriousness. I don't think they can take this team very lightly whatsoever. Even though they are mm-hmm. Veracruz, you have to think, you know, this could be the... You, you got to look think of it as this way. Like we always mention on here, regardless who the opponent is... Whenever they come up against America, it's like they've changed completely their dynamic and they're going to play the best game possible. Right. No, and we've seen that all season long. You know, teams just get something, get a, get, get that spark in them, and then they like they become like a Barcelona Real Madrid against us. It's it's a little bit, you know, a little bit unfair, but, you know, we, we've learned over the years to deal with it because, you know, you know, we are who we are and teams respect us and that's why they always put on the best showing against us because we are the biggest team in Mexico. So they always want to give us their best performance. Now, having said that, though, speaking about performances, I really do think we need to see the best performance from every one of these players because it's it's about that time where, you know, I can't believe I'm saying this, it's week, it's week 18 and I, I'm saying it that, you know, we, we need to start, you know, gelling chemistry and, you know, I think that that's just the only way we have any remote chance of, you know, going far in this Ligia. Yeah, like we said, chemistry, vital, super vital, form, important, super important coming into the Ligia. Um, and you like, like you said, it's going to be a period in which you don't, I mean, I'm not going to say you don't play for three weeks because you do have that friendly in Houston that's going to help out a lot to continue to kind Correct. of play and build up form. But it's just official play and official league play. You need to have the best kind of all well-rounded squad, and this game might just mm-hmm. be the last time you get that opportunity. Of course. Um, speaking about opportunities, I really do think that the substitutions are going to be a, a kind of, not a key part, but an interesting part. I, I only say that because 
on the bench we have you no know, Nicolas Benedetti, a player that I think just needs a little bit more time, and I think he could, we can see a you know, glimpse of him come back. Um, Nico Castillo, obviously, you know, a striker that you know kind of scored right off the bench uh, in the in, in his return, but then kind of like dizzled off because he doesn't really get much minutes. Um, another player is Giovanni dos Santos, who literally just came back from from injury. Uh, I think it was a mistake putting him against the Santos game because I think you just put in a in a mass of pressure on him. You know, only giving him ten minutes and a player who just came back from injury. I don't think he should have done that. That was a, a you know, excuse, you know, it's just a dumb move in my opinion. He should have put him put him Benedetti in that position. So you know, these are three players who can potentially make a difference. But you know, maybe you give him a little bit more time, kind of maybe 60, 65 minute mark. You you gonna put some of these players in. And you know, just kind of get them going because, like you said, there's gonna not gonna be many more chances to kind of get playing time to gonna build that confidence and rhythm. And with your particular lineup, Sebastian Cordova also sees the bench as well. Yeah, Sebastian Cordova sees the bench as well. Yeah. So it's gonna be interesting to see what these substitutions are gonna be. Mm-hmm. I think it's gonna be definitely how the game is going and in in what direction the team is heading. Um, but I only see either Benedetti or Gio coming in. I don't see both of them getting a, getting a feature. Same. Same, same. It just all depends on Piojo, who he thinks he's fit. In my opinion, I think it should be Benedetti over Gio just because, just pure because of playing time and Gio really just came back. Give Gio minutes in the game against Houston, that's fine. I don't care. But for this game and in a more pressure situation, sort of, um, I think Benedetti would, would, uh, would fare well. Interesting. Definitely very, very interesting. Um, but like you said, we'll have to wait and see what Piojo does and Piojo decides. Um Key tactics in regards to America winning this game. I, I think it's simple. You got to take the game to Veracruz. You have to breathe <laughs> down down on them, and like you mentioned, just stomp all over them. In not just in 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 the score sheet, but all all around the pitch. You have to keep possession. You have to con- keep control of the game. And this is this I, this is has to be the game in which you finally learn how to dictate a match. To, to the way that you want it to go. If America can get mm-hmm. an early goal and then, you know, maneuver themselves into a position where they can keep Veracruz away from their goal but also get them a bit under pressure to score that second, then I think America will understand, okay, this is how we got to do it, this is how we have to go. I don't remember America scoring more than two goals in the past, what, two months? Yeah, it's been a while. So I, you, you, you need them to score. I mean, was the last time you saw a four-five goal game from America? Just the the Chivas game, right? That was September nineteen. We're gonna be playing Veracruz on November nineteen. No, we're gonna be playing Veracruz on November eighth. On November eighth? Yes, you're right. You where we are? Yeah, we are. <laughs> so that was. Yeah, we're here trying to. So that was That's almost two months. September That's almost two months. 28. Yeah, September 28th. It's about two months, I guess. Almost two months. Not, not really two months. A month and... Eh, I guess it's about. Eh, a month, a month, you know a month what? and given some days. You come to the Eagle Eye podcast for soccer, not math. <laughs> exactly. There you go. <laughs> so if it's a year, then take it with a grain of salt here. Um... Yeah, okay. But just know it was, it was it was against Chivas that we scored a five. Uh, we scored a four. Could have had five. That was last time we scored. We scored four. Um... So I think America needs to do their best to, hey, get as many goals as you can, build up the confidence, learn from your mistakes, and learn how to manage the game to your liking and to your doing. And I think this could be the game to do so. We've said it time and time again, simplicity is the answer to this game. Play the simple ball, play the simple passes, move around the pitch, check in, don't overcommit, and don't force a pass. Just... Play simple. Play play like you do in a pickup game, and and you'll be good against Veracruz. Not to say Veracruz is a pickup game kind of opponent, but if you if you could take that simplicity from that and input it and implement it into your game, um, then you're gonna find it that it's gonna be the easiest thing to play this this sport. So, mm-hmm. you know, I I hope the team finds and 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 manages a way to do so. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Um. No, you you hit all points. Um, this is gonna be a very a very key game for uh, players. I think Henry Martin needs to score against this team, uh, just because just to kind of give him a little bit of a boost that he needs again. You know, he hasn't scored in in two games, so I. But he has been hustling and he has been giving assists, so I can't knock him for not doing anything because he has been doing stuff. Um, it's just I just he needs a goal just just to kind of keep that confidence going and don't don't uh, let off the gas. You know. 
No, yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. So like we mentioned, an important game all around for some of these players. Um, so we'll have to wait and see. But uh, yeah, I mean, what can we expect from Veracruz? They, they're coming into this game with some pretty good results. I'm guessing they're pretty confident coming up into this one, knowing that they've just won uh, and broken that terrible, terrible loss record that they had. Um, mm-hmm. And now they're going up against America after drawing Veracruz. I mean, after drawing against Monterrey. I mean, Monterrey, yes. you, you imagine that they're kind of a bit on cloud nine. Yeah, you, 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 you can say that. Um, I'm not going to sit here and say Monterrey was the best team because, you know, they, they've been a little bit lackluster this season, but their squad is still an amazing squad. And for them tonight and being in Ligue 1, it's just a little bit, a little bit, uh, a little bit weird and to, to say the least, but, you know, props to Veracruz who were leading in that game only to lose the lead in the 90th minute. It's, you know, that kind of been their story for a couple of games yeah. this season. But um, but no, you know they they honestly have nothing to lose anymore. Um, they they're just gonna try to finish this season and you know whatever. So you know they have nothing to lose. They're gonna go out and just try to play their game and you know just whatever happens happens for them. You know um, those kind of opponents are a little bit more scary to play against because you don't know what what they can throw. So um, I think America just needs to stay on their toes and just don't you know let this team you know kind of blind you with confidence and because you know they they can still play. You're right. You're definitely, definitely right. So, like you mentioned, nothing to lose for them and everything to gain uh, for America. So, a lot on the line here for 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 us. And, uh, you know, Veracruz will be happy to win and, and disrupt our, our Liga. Yeah, no, they, they don't care. They don't care. They, like I said, they, they'll they, be happy yeah, for that. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, we'll have to wait and see. We'll definitely have to wait and see. But, Christian, now comes the time. What is your scoreline prediction? For Friday night's game against Veracruz, <clears throat> I'm a, I'm gonna keep it in the good mojo, and you know the last time we beat Veracruz four one in the last jornada, we became champions. So I think I'm gonna go with the four one win. Four one win. I'm gonna go a little bit more conservative. I say America walks away with a three nil victory, and uh, three, okay. a. Uh, a clean sheet, I think, would be very important. <laughs> Away no, 100%. from percent Yeah, yeah. So. No, yeah. Sorry. We'll see. We'll see. Um. I, I just, I really want to see this team win, to have some hope that we'll get something going. No, for real, Mahan. You know, this is the, no, this is the worst team in the league. This is the worst defense in the league. This is the worst offense in the team in the league. Um, you know, everything just seems. For a, for a nice little, you know, little stomping. But, you know, for everything we've mentioned, we don't see it like that, though. You know, yes, a 4-1, yes, a 3-0 is a little bit of a stomp. But, you know, I think we should be capable to do more than that. And the fact that we don't think we can is a little bit concerning. But, like you said, I hope this game does shed, shed some light in this team. And hopefully this could be the confidence booster uh, to them to make it make it far in the, in the gear. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Well, I mean, that's pretty much it. Our season's going to be wrapped up after this Veracruz game. We'll, uh, yes. we'll have plenty to talk about in that game. We won't know who our opponent is by next week. We just won't because there's an international break. And so, and plus, the uh, teams have another round to play. Yeah, so not all the teams have, uh, you know, it's going to be our bye week. So it's still all going to be up in the air. But we will have information in regards to the friendly game in Houston against Monterrey. And if a certain cowboy will be attending or not. Houston, keep your eyes peeled for that information. And we'll have plenty and plenty more in regards to all things Las Aguilas del America. Um, and I think maybe next week episode would be a good uh, season recap of where we think things could have gone better. And where mm-hmm. things definitely went worse. I think it's, it's going to be the perfect time to kind of shed some light onto this kind of regular season. Leading into the postseason, into the league, yeah, um, and maybe we can get a glimpse into what our future can be or will be in regards to the league after this Veracruz game. So stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen, for the Eagle Eye Podcast. We will be back next week at our usual time, 7 p.m. Pacific time, 9 p.m. Central, 10 Eastern, live on the Resaca America Network. And uh, we're edging just that much closer to 100 episodes, Christian. Yeah, no, it's going to be a very, very special moment. 
um, ever since I joined this podcast, it's been, you know, it, it's been kind of cool to, you know, work up to that milestone. So I think it's going to be a very special occasion. It will definitely will. We're going we're gonna to have a different panel of all these great America players. We're going to get Osmar Mares to come on. We're going to get Navarrete. We're going to get... Just the greats. Just, just the, the greats. Legend, huh? We're going to get all the greatest hits. We're going to get... Um, mm-hmm. Uh, we're gonna get Tony Lopez, not the one that's playing with us right now, but the striker that was promised to be the next best <laughs> thing. Um, we're gonna also get uh, Rodrigo Inigo to be on the show. Ooh. Uh, Ooh, we're yes. gonna get uh, we're gonna get all dude. Do you remember Diego Cervantes? Yes, who can remember Diego? Oh, we can't forget Diego Cervantes. Yeah, and then we're gonna cap it off. We're gonna have El Gancito Padilla dressed up in a Gancito costume. And he's going to be coming out, and he's going to be wrapping up the show. And Mina. You, you can't forget Mina. And Mina, yes. We're going to get Mina, uh, and he's going to tell us all about his secret life uh, as playing Corey from That's So Raven. <laughs> so you guys oh, man, don't want to miss that be episode. It's going to a great episode. Yeah, definitely don't, don't want to miss that episode. episode whatsoever. Alrighty then. Well, Christian, thank you so much for uh, coming on the show. As always, it's been a pleasure. Favorite time of the week, you know that. Thank you for having me. Favorite time of the week, awesome. Well, thank you to everyone who has uh, listened to us up to this point, uh, whether it's SoundCloud, iTunes, uh, or whether it has been via uh, Spotify as well. We like to thank you to every single one of you guys. Make sure you do follow us on our social media platforms at Resaca America US and Instagram at Resaca America underscore US, in which we'll uh, keep you guys up to date with all things Las Aguas de la America. We'll uh, we'll have more information on on the ladies' game as well on friday and the men's as well so make sure you guys do stick along with us and uh like i mentioned it's it's gonna be a good one so you guys do not want to miss it whatsoever and then uh we'll uh, we'll see you guys again on tuesday here on the eagle eye podcast until next time guys take care and as always arriba america <laughs>